tuned into Medivas Radio, broadcasting live from Nelson Mandela University. I have fought against white domination, and I have fought against black domination. I have studied the idea of a democratic and free society. In which all persons live together in harmony and with equal opportunity. It is an idea which I hope to live for and to achieve. But if needs be, it is an idea for which. Nelson Mandela University, change the world. You listen to the bench woman, Forbes. You tuned into Madiba's radio, changing the world one voice at a time. All right, so we are joined by any new Olympic swimming trialists, the Basson Twins, Alad and Alaric and Batandwa Janji. Welcome, guys, to the bench woman. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks cool. a lot for having us. We appreciate cool. being here. Cool. Uh, can you guys briefly share a bit about yourselves, who you are, where you come from, what you're studying, and anything interesting about yourselves? Uh, ladies first, we'll start Matano with the floor is all yours. <laughs> Hi, my name is Matano Janki. I am a backstroker for South for swimming South Africa. I also swim for PA and for Matibas. Uh, I've just finished my, my diploma in logistics so yeah Alaric yeah um, I'm Alaric Basson I'm from a small town Utenaik, just outside of Port Elizabeth um I've is, just isn't completed it, isn't my it called, isn't it called the um uh, Karicha at the moment I don't know Have they yes yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um and I just completed my BTEC in construction management okay. and um I'm a breaststroke swimmer for Sumi South Africa and Mandibas. Yeah, um, and then I'm a lot Basan, um, a Latrix twin brother. Um, obviously, both of us living in Karicha. Mm. Um, as well, studied the same thing, just completed my BTEC as well. Um, yeah, and I saw butterfly. Yeah, so I'm, the, I'm specialized in the butterfly events. Okay, are you guys perhaps related to Beyond Basan? I had to ask this. someone asked me to ask you guys. Yes, we are related to Beyond. He's actually our cousin. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Okay. You guys recently competed <laughs> in the Olympic trials for swimming. Uh, Alaric, uh, you won a gold in the 50 meter breaststroke and in the 20 meter, then capped it off uh, with another gold on the final day in the 100 meter breaststroke. Alaric, you got the sixth in the 50 fly and fourth in the breaststroke and fourth in the breaststroke 100 meter. But when you got a, B, a, a PB in, the, in 50 fly, please, guys, let me know if I missed any, yeah. any results out. But uh, other than that, uh, what were your guys' highs and lows for the week? We'll start with you, Alarika, since you got you got the, all the gold medals there. <laughs> okay, for me personally, um, I feel like um, the lowest uh, was my 50 breast. Obviously not uh, it being a personal best time. Um, I was really hoping to get a personal best time in the 50 meter. Um, and, I was actually, and I actually thought that out of all the events, my 50 meter would be the best because obviously we had the lockdown and all that. So the duration of which we had consistent training was a bit uh, short. 
So I was, in my mind, I was um, not as fit as I would have wanted, wanted to be. So the shorter distance, I would have thought it would have probably been my best shot. But then um, my 100 and my 200 was actually my, my better performances. Um, with my 100 being my, um, the, out, the outstanding one of uh, the three. Um, it being 0.9 seconds of the Olympic A qualifying time. So, yeah, um, it was a B qualifying time, but I really wanted to get the A qualifying time. Um, but it was a personal best to swim nonetheless. Okay, Alad. Yeah, look, um, the meet didn't go as planned for me, um, unfortunately. Um, in my major event, which was a 50 and 100 butterfly. Um, I didn't manage to swim my personal best times, but like my brother mentioned, we did have a, a, mass, a massive setback um, in terms of getting COVID and things mm. like that, and that did have a negative effect on us. Mm. Um, but then again, I mean, considering the amount of training I've done, um, I know that fly does <laughs> demand a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of work and um, a lot of pace training. Um, so for me, not being able to to get that amount that I actually needed um, saw me falling a little bit short. Um, but then again, with that being said, a high for me in the competition was swimming personal best time in the breaststroke events, um, which I don't I don't even train. Um, I don't touch the breaststroke events in training. But then I get I managed to get fourth um, in the country. So um, yeah, I think that's it for me. Okay, Batando, lastly, Batando. Well, my Olympic trials were the same as Lord's. I d- it didn't go as planned at all. Um, well, obviously, if I wasn't really, really going to training as much, but I was fit enough to actually compete. But uh, one thing I really did enjoy was the company around around me. The support system was big. Mm. was big because I mean assuming you do need a big support system because mentally and physically everything was just ridiculous mm. um, with COVID happening I don't think um, I enjoyed that part because mm-hmm. I really did miss the spectators especially mm. my toilet bag I feel like I should have I should have dominated in that one but mm. like I mean things happen you live and you learn so mm. it wasn't my best Olympic trials but I think we can go on, man. We'll go on. We'll, we'll okay. see. We'll see. I mean, we'll touch base on, on the whole COVID thing a bit later. But, Alada, I just want to ask, in order for swimming to qualify for the Olympics, what is the process behind it or protocols that need to be that need to occur in order for someone to qualify for the for the Olympics in swimming? Um, right now, because of COVID, um, okay, let's go back to previous years. So, previous okay. years, I'll take the, the top the top 16 from from the previous um, Olympic Games, and that will be the cut of qualifying times for um, the next Olympics. Um, and then our our national or our Olympic trials would have been the only the only meet where swimmers would qualify. So all the swimmers in America, everyone had to come down to nationals or the Olympic trials um, to come compete and to come swim the, the a qualifying times. Um, so what they normally do is, is that they'll take the the if 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 in a certain event one person swims a, a qualifying time, um, then they'll take that person. If there's another person swimming a qualifying, they'll take only the top two. So mm-hmm. no matter how many guys from the qualifying time, they only take two in each event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
if there's no one who qualifies in the, in the in that event, they may consider. But that all depends on the Olympic uh, committee. So they they will then have to send you an invitation to to um, join the Olympic team at the Olympics. Oh, that's interesting. And then, okay. yeah. So now with the with the whole COVID thing happening and things, so they they've been a little bit more lenient with that. So they've introduced um, a few more qualifying um, events or meets. Um, okay. The Grand Prix. Um, so we had one in Stellenbosch. Um, then we had nationals now, and then we have another one in May, another Grand Prix in May where um, where we can qualify. Um, as well, the Americans didn't have to come down uh, this year to come compete. Um, they can, they are given the opportunity to swim their trials in America. So there are certain um, events in America which they consider as um, Olympic qualifying events or FINA-approved events. So, yeah. Interesting, man. It's interesting to, to hear um, all these ways of, of, of uh, qualifying for the Olympics. But, Batondo, you studied HMS at the HBC. Do you, do you think the understanding of the fundamentals of being an athlete uh, through HMS and the biomechanics of, of swimming, does it give you an, an advantage when competing? No. Not really. Okay. <laughs> no. That, is that it? <laughs> it okay. doesn't. Because people are different, Nathan. You know this okay. too. People are different. I'm not a swimmer. I'm not a swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> people are different. People are really different. Because for me, personally, my, my metabolism um, is high. Like, very, very high. Like, okay. I'm going to give you an example about what we eat. Uh, at it's, it's, the Olympic trials, we had a lot of pasta. Yo, mm. a lot of pasta. But like I was back in mm. Italy again. I had, had a hell of a lot of pasta. Mm. And most people gained weight mm. during those times. Okay. And I didn't. So basically, mm. you'll be lighter in the water or you'll be heavier. Mm. You see? So, no, it doesn't. But I mean, you can obviously <laughs> adjust. You can obviously adjust. I mean, obviously, nutrition is a, is a small factor, but biomechanics of swimming, in order for you to, to improve your times and stuff, that was, that was where I was going. But anyway, we're moving uh, on. Yeah. We're moving on. Yeah, I, I think, I think okay. physics, physics as well. Like, physics plays a, a massive role in understanding how to swim yeah. faster. I mean, we all, like, in swimming, I mean, in athletics as well, um, we always try and yeah. aim for that millisecond. Um, mm. Each time, you know, and, uh, it's not always gonna come from getting stronger in the gym or or mm. getting further. Um, there's always certain aspects where we can mm. try and minimize our drag in the water, mm. try and be a bit more like And if you don't understand the physics of of um, how to penetrate the water or or how to try and stay buoyant <laughs> and all that that mm. type of thing, then I mean you your back end speed, your front end speed. See now you understand. Now you see, but time to see management. And all yeah. that type of thing. Okay. So yeah, it, it and does. I, right. I, yeah. Yeah. So I say um, it does. It, it should actually um, play some sort of of uh, benefit to to knowing to having that know-how okay. and to uh, apply it into your 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 swimming. Okay. It, uh, it, it, it doesn't because <laughs> you're gonna be nervous. You're gonna be nervous. You're gonna be in your head. Like okay, you can't be thinking about other things besides your race. Because like, okay, but you see, you guys can you guys can argue amongst yourselves about that one. It seems that she's she's disagreeing <laughs> with the whole physics and stuff. But anyway, we'll move on. Elric, we know uh, currently we, as I mentioned previously, we faced with the pandemic at the moment. Leading up to championships, and can you elaborate further? What challenges did you face? Um. Yeah. Um. 
obviously we all faced the lockdown um last year uh, and that was very tough for us because um we didn't have facilities and i mean every single athlete um faced it differently i mean some athletes had uh, swimming pools at home where they could train in um some were given a certain equipment to to train with and uh, we never had that so we were completely out of training for four months um of the whole lockdown period and then um obviously when we got back um in jan uh we had to start training um mm. and that was going to be where we were going to start pushing it and then both me and my brother uh, contracted the virus unfortunately and that put us back uh for another three weeks that we had to stay out of the water and then obviously getting back into the pool it was a, a bit of a struggle um i mean um, we were effect- obviously affected by the after effects um that covid uh, obviously the comes of covid and then luckily for us we we did have a training camp um it was just after the period of us uh, having contracted the virus so mm-hmm. i think um, if it wasn't for that training camp i probably would have uh, not have done as well as i have have done at this olympic trials um and that was for the for a week um in feb i think yeah yeah it was in feb um, so we had a week um of hard training um with the with the sa squad and um that really uh, gave us a kind of like a boost um just to try and get back to where we were um but the whole time through the through the, just to give you an example of of how um, tough it was for my brother and myself um we were actually training with um with youngsters um up and coming athletes and we weren't put with the with the elite athletes um uh and we still struggled i mean we couldn't even finish the last session of of the the week um because we still had a, we still had a, a a gala at the end of that training camp mm. so my brother and myself we went to the coach and we were like look here, if we going to finish this session we won't be able to do the gala because at that point we were struggling to even complete the 50 meters after the whole week so um our lungs were affected and all that and then we we took a, a rest um, we didn't swim that well on that gala obviously and then um we came back home and we carried on training for another month so we only had like two months of solid art training um consistent training and um for me it was uh, it was it worked um for my brother not that much mm. so yeah interesting man um, and then i also i also I also coming back i also after the four months um obviously before contracting the the um the virus uh i actually um hurt my knee trying to get back into the water um obviously my my body wasn't um being uh moved as much as it it's used to uh, for four mm. months so you can imagine um how rusty i was getting back into the water and then um contracting a, a knee injury as well that i had to go um do some rehab um with a bio mm. so yeah that was kind of tough mentally and um emotionally i mean um going into nationals uh, olympic trials i was i had a lot of doubt uh, like mm. serious doubt um people were backing me people were saying yeah you can qualify in all this um but in, and obviously i would say yeah, yeah thanks thanks but in the back of my mind i was like it's probably not going to happen um mm. the chance of slum i'll be happy if i'm even within a second of my personal best times mm. and then i managed to swim personal best times um so i'm quite pleased with that 100% it seems like it was a massive journey leading up to 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 the olympic trials there for you guys yeah, yeah no, 100% and anyway abatano you have been to the states before uh you have if you have to compare uh, the, the university in the states and nmu What do you think makes NMU or let me say NMU swimming unique 
uh, to that of the one that you're studying with? My family. The family. It's my family. Okay, what what were you studying? What were you studying? What were you, what university were you studying at in 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 um in the US? U USC University of California. Okay, all right. So this is the family, the missing family. Okay, um, Elod, on a, on a personal note, uh, you and your, on your tour are not devoted Christians. Uh, do you mind sharing uh, um, the Christians uh, group you guys attend and where is it situated for people to attend? I do believe the religious uh, gatherings are allowed at the moment. Yeah, um, we used to um, attend the home cell um, every evening. Um, every, it was a Tuesday evening. Um, we haven't attended um, was under the leadership of, of Louvre Clausen, actually. Mm. Um, he was our home cell leader. Um, but because of, of training, our training times, uh, most of the guys obviously had university, some some guys, um, other commitments and stuff. Mm. So our home cell started at six, and that was, that was the time that our training actually, we actually start training. So we would normally, we'd normally um, come um, pitch up late at the at the home cells, but nevertheless we were there. Um, I mean, we were there sharing the word, um, breaking down the word, and it was just a good uh, fellowship amongst uh, athletes. And it was it was a sports based home cell. Um, we used to have it in in Summerstrand. Um, I don't know where the guys are, are having it now because, like I said, we we've we haven't attended that uh, home cell in such a long time due to our I'm um, not being loving in PE anymore. Yeah, we're not loving in PE anymore. We're loving in in Karifa, like we said. Um, because the academy of sport we're not on the on the residential program anymore. Um, so but nevertheless, we still we still have our, our devotions at home um, with the family. Um, the lockdown surprisingly did a lot for us in terms of our faith, in terms of our our family. Um, also having um daily devotions and things. I mean, every day during the lockdown, there wasn't a day that we missed. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, the I think the, the the lead up to to Olympic trials and all of that like was also like backed by the fact that we we have our faith has grown immen immensely um, over this past couple of months or the past year. Um, even though we haven't been um, in the eye or been to church or um, Going to the church is on sale, um, but yeah, that's that's basically okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, and, and uh, the church that we attend uh, usually um it's at CRC um in Port Elizabeth, um and obviously like a lot said uh like after COVID started uh, we weren't really going much um to church, but um spiritually we did grow uh, immensely um yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to ask, um, has anyone qualified from the NMU? I mean, I haven't heard anything yet from, from Adiba Sport or, or the social media. Has anyone qualified uh, from NMU for the Olympics? For the Olympics? Yeah. Um, no, nobody has swum the qualifying time. Um, I think um, I'm probably the closest. Okay. Um, Literally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Literally. Yeah, I'm probably... It's the whole second, yeah. like... Yeah, I'm, I'm probably the closest. Um, it's less, less than a second. Um, mm. So hopefully we're going to try and work on that for the next month because we only have a month. I don't know if it's enough time for me, <laughs> to be okay. honest. Oh, you've um, you got to uh, believe, man. You've got to believe. Yeah, I know. Definitely. Definitely we believe. Um, we have faith. Mm. Um, 
so yeah um we're just going to be working hard until the end of may and then see what happens from there okay. yeah but but with that being said as well um he he does have the b qualifying times and like i like i mentioned in the beginning he can get that invite to obviously come through and that's obviously what all of us are hoping for um mm. with me not that much because obviously in my events we've got Chad the flow um mm. who has already swam the, the qualifying time as well as um Ryan Kutsia the guy in the states also swam the qualifying time um even though I beat him this this um this Olympic trials um he still might be considered to go because he already he already uh, swam the qualifying time so Yeah. Anyway, on Chad Leclerc, are, are any of you guys uh, friends with him? Because I see, I saw one, one or two stories. You guys were sitting at the table with him, late chilling, like, are you guys friends with him? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. Uh, I think all of us, yeah. Okay, but then you uh, must, uh, then you must tell, you must tell them that that I send send my greetings to him. Can you just send my greetings to him, please, man? <laughs> okay cool um anyway lady and gents uh, thanks for joining me on the bench uh, well done on your latest achievements uh, we look forward to watch the future what would the what the future has in store for you guys hi i'm figile mbalula commonly known as uh, rasmatas mbawizi fligile on flick you are listening to madiba's radio keep rocking the metro nana let's go you're listening to madiba's radio opening up the waves for you to be heard um so we continue with uh, the with the The third part of Madiba's Rugby Varsity Cup campaign with the force to- today with Arnu Nal. Welcome to the bench from Arnu. Thank you very much. Thank you for, for having me. I'm uh, delighted to to be here. Cool. Uh, would you like to give us a, a brief in- introduction of yourself, uh, where you are, where you come from, and what are you studying? All right. I'm 21 years old. I come from Graham, Graham Stone from Graham College. Studying biokinetics at the moment in my, in my third year. Mm. Uh, Anu, you've come through the Madiba's uh, rugby junior ranks. What would you would what would you say makes NMU rugby stand out uh, compared to the other universities? Um, I feel like the passion to play for Madiba's rugby is is very very high. I remember when I first got here, um, how welcoming it was from the seniors, teaching me uh, all these new things. So I feel like the seniors and the passion to play for the Madiba's is one of the things that stand out for me. I know we all know varsity rugby players do have to juggle the student athlete life. We know you obviously you you're a bio student and obviously bio bio students have to be hands on and doing practical stuff with the degree. How do you juggle the training and the varsity work? I feel like everyone's different. For me I just set set certain goals that I want to do. So I make sure that if I do have a bit of free time that I do my work and that I the, I think the most important is uh, talking to your lecturers and and making sure that you are flexible enough to handle tasks and stuff like that. Cool. Um okay now we get to the nitty-gritty stuff. Uh two games down with uh, three losses. Uh, the past two episodes of the show we had two black uh, backline um well we had two uh, wire backline players in the past few uh, episodes. And now it's time for the forwards. The set piece has been identified as an Achilles heel for the side. What do you think can be done to fix this uh, going forward? I mean, obviously you're forward, and then, I mean, what what was spoken in the back room? 
Um, so obviously in the first game and the second game, what let us down was our scrum. Our, uh, our timing was was off and our sequence was all, all wrong. So we've had a look at that. And then in our third game, our scrum was actually dominant. Um, and then with regards to the lineouts, I feel like as a new team, we've only been working together for for eight weeks. So our timing was was a bit off, but that's been a, a big focus area leading up into the second bubble. Mm, um, are there any any standouts for you so far for the after the past three games um, for the sides for both for forwards and backs in your own opinion in the side? Um, as you've probably seen, I think Morty's been a big standout, mm. um, and uh, in the backline, I would say Tian Skitter. I think he's. Each physicality and kicking is um, amazing. So those two for me will be the two standout players. Yeah. Now, Andrew, you guys play. Uh, you guys face UJ in the next game. Uh, both sides uh, haven't won a game to date in this competition. As a Madiba's coach, what would you be looking to exploit in the UJ's defence? They do seem to have a quite a strong uh, uh, forwards pack. Um, so, what's your opinion? Um, we've had a look at them, and we feel like they are quite big and big and slow to put it bluntly mm. uh, so I feel like we're gonna try a punch up front and then try to come out out wide okay so um, now for yourself let's say if, as I said mentioned previously as a coach what would your message be to your teammates as motivation for the next game against UJ um, for me I'll, I'll, the classic thing to, to say would be that we have the we have the talent we've shown that multiple times um, it's just to execute properly and to not um, let teams in back uh, easily because that's been one work on where we've scored points and then we'll let them back into the game by letting them score straight afterwards. So for us, it's just to keep grinding, to be dogs as we as we are and to just execute properly. Yeah, and then I don't know, um, what, what, what would be the teams... I mean, I asked the four, the, the backs this question as well. I mean, I want to ask another four to this week. What do you think um, is a strong point for the side um, going forward and then you guys can use to, to, to ex- exploit the t- other team's defence? Um, so, um, we've scored mainly more tries. So, mm-hmm. I think one of our strongest points is our, is our more. Um, we've scored tries against all three sides. So, I feel like if we can keep improving in that area will be um, a big threat in the bubbles to come. Mm. And how's this experience been so far for you in the in the bubble uh, in Pretoria? It's obviously different circumstances, having no fans and having to be very strict with outside um, people. So for me, it's been very, it's been a good experience. It's been tough, tough rugby, and it's been tough on the on the body with all the all the games in these seven or eight days. So it's yeah, it's been tough, but I've been enjoying every bit of it. Um, I, I must, I must mention. Um, you seem to be quite a, a gym freak, if you can put it that way. Um, obviously, we know because of COVID nineteen, you couldn't really do much. Um, how difficult was it for you, or, do, or did you find it easier for yourself in terms of conditioning and the preparation for the for the Varsity Cup? Um, so it was actually a blessing in disguise for me because I would be more in the gym than running. So. This time in the lockdown situation, I tried to focus more on my fitness than being in the in in the gym, and it's paid dividends with my uh, fitness at the at the moment. So it was tough, yes. Um, I did try, or well, I got weight. I got weight. So um, for me, 
it's been a big eye opener that um, rugby is not all about gym, mm. also fitness. So I try to balance both of them. Okay, Arnu, last question. You guys are three three games down. What do your message be to all the Madiba's rugby supporters out there? Please don't disappoint us now, yeah? Um, I would say that don't give up on us. We have big things coming. We look to um, improve on our performances from the from the first bubble. Mm. We've seen glimpses of what we of what we capable of, yeah. and I'm sure we're gonna up the performances in the coming bubbles. Cool, man. Um, I don't know. Thanks so much for joining us on the bench, man. Good luck and for the next game against the UJ. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, there are times where before you say something, you got to think hard and deep because there's a greater possibility, it is a reflection of either the psyche, the mentality, the character in the person, or it reflects a bit of background. And for fear of exposing where you come from, you think twice and consider perspective. In your face. In the, in the olden days when Jesus Christ went on through his lessons, he was never specific in his references. He would always use symbols. Because whenever a symbol is used in a process where something has to be rectified, none of us gets consumed. If I were to refer to somebody who would I would put it like that because I am. But if I were not, then I would put it in a way that has respect in what I'm referring to. I hope you understand. I don't... It's two o'clock on the dot. Um, welcome and good afternoon to everybody to this pre-match press conference with Proteus head coach Mark Boucher. As usual, I'd like to remind everyone to please keep their monitors muted um, for the remainder of this um, press conference and to please indicate your questions on the chat panel. Um, we will not recognize um, raised hands. Once again, please put your questions on the chat panel. Um, would anybody like to start? Nathan. Uh, hi, Mark. Considering the squad that you have compared to that of Pakistan's T20 squad, what will, what what are your takeouts, both uh, negative and positive, after the three T20s? Thank you. Um, I think um, there, there are a lot of positives. I mean, you know, guys like um, Aiden, um, you know, the way that he's batted, um, he wasn't even really meant to be in the squad as well. So him coming through has been. Great. So I think uh, the, the partnership that him and Yanaman have, have formed has, has been very good, as we as we saw yesterday. Uh, Lazard Williams has been fantastic. Just the way that he's he's bowled and the way that he's um, his energy is on the field. Um, you know, in the in the in the previous game, not just last one, the one before that, the way Sissander came back um, showed a lot of character as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's been a, a lot of a lot of guys who have, have done a lot of good things. Um, the negatives, obviously, the, the losses. Um, you know, when we've been put under immense pressure, we haven't really responded in, in the way that that we know that our players can. Um, I understand that you know that they're not used to being attacked like they probably have been, um, you know, at this level, uh, which can be intimidating, as we saw yesterday. Um, you know, we, we got a bit rattled. We didn't stick to the plans that we had spoken about. Um, you know, we weren't as smart as what we should have been uh, with regards to our where we were bowling and, and where we were putting our fielders as well and we we're sort of just chasing the ball in tight time. 
sorry, don't know who that was. So, so yeah, there's a a couple of a couple of good positives, um, but yeah, obviously, you know, you you want to try and you know, keep winning as well. But um, yeah, we, we we've been in meetings the whole whole of this morning uh, with individuals and, and trying to grow their games as well and um, trying to get a, a positive attitude going into tomorrow's game. For those followed by Ken, if I can just remind everyone to please um, mute your monitor as soon as your question is done. Thank you. Thanks. Hi, Bouch. I don't know um, how much of the media you're consuming at the moment, but um, there has been an article uh, questioning selection, and I suppose people always talk about selection, but basically um, pondering about a provincial uh, kind of bias in your in your selection. I don't know if, if you've seen that and, and if you have a response to that, but also could you talk to us a little bit about the way that you've made selections and I, I guess the big one is why someone like Calvarena hasn't played. Um, no, first of all, I've been watching media, so this is a surprise to me. Um, so your, your question is, is there biasness? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the article suggests that there is some sort of provincial preference in the players that you're picking, and I'm wondering if you have a response to that. No, well, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> There's no political bias. I want to win a game of cricket, so I'm selecting guys who, first of all, as selectors, we, we, we select. I'm one of four selectors. Um, and we go about selecting guys from a squad that's that's been selected for us to to try win a game of cricket. Um, with regards to Carl, uh, Carl was selected as a, a backup wiki a backup wicketkeeper to Heinrich Klaassen. Um And if there was uh, an issue with one of our top three, then Vian Libber was selected to take over um, that those positions. Uh, we lost the opening batter, uh, which we replaced with with Adam Markram, and our number three, which is Rassi. Um, he he got injured, uh, as we know, and Vian Libba came into that position. So, you know, we select as, as selectors. We sat down. We were in Joburg for for two long days selecting teams and and, and who's backup to who. And Vian Libba was selected as the as the backup guy to that number three position. So that's the, that's the reason why um, he's been played. I understand. Carl did a, a very good one day game in his last game, um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's one day cricket. The T20 is a bit different. So. That is the reason why, you know, Vian Libba was selected. Thanks, <laughs> I think that that answers the question pretty well. Um, up next is Ken, followed by Shafiq, TNS and Tal. Hi, Mark. Yeah, just, um, I don't think anyone seriously thinks there's provincial bias, but um, just on the balance of the side, though, because there have been a few sort of um, question marks over... Um, someone like Andile Pekakwaya, for instance, um, not bowling at all. Um, and Heinrich sort of intimated last night that it's almost like he's not being considered as a bowler at the moment. Could, could you just talk to us about the difficulties you're facing at the moment um, in terms of balancing the side and why we get strange things like Pekakwaya basically just playing as a batsman? Um. Look, he's not playing as a batter. He's playing as an all-rounder. Um, I've, I've said, especially after uh, the England series in Cape Town, that um, you know we can't go into a T20 game with five bowling options. Um, it unfortunately doesn't doesn't work. With certain guys on certain nights, um, find it find it difficult, and you need backup for that as well. So, 
you know, having all-rounders as an option is always nice. And, you know, I think in the side at the moment, we've probably got, what, seven bowling options, um, which, which is nice. So the previous match where Andile didn't bowl, um, we bowled really well. Um, and we, we used the guys who were bowling really well. So that's probably the reason why he didn't bowl. Um, you know, our captain's got options and he's got to make a call on the night or on the day uh, what options he wants to go with. Um, that can change from time to time. Yesterday, we sort of got ourselves into a position where we, we weren't picking up wickets um, and maybe we decided to go death fairly early. Um, so there are certain guys who, are, who that is their, their game. Um, you know, a guy like Sisanda, uh, Lazard Williams, they're very good death bowlers. So, you know, he probably decided to go with those guys at that specific time of the game um, to, to try and make it difficult for those guys to score. It didn't come off last night, but um, certainly the, the, the good thing about it is he, he has got quite a few different options. Um, and and he's the, he's the guy who's, who's, who's got to make the calls um, on, on the day um, with what he wants uh, th- his bowlers to do. Dennis, followed by Telford. Hi, Mark. Um, I was just wondering if you have any idea yet about the, how large the squad can be that you guys take over to India. I know there were um, a few articles uh, a, a while ago that said that you can take a, a larger squad if it's played in the bio bubble, and it does seem likely. Um, I, th- I think it's 22 players. Is that is that correct? That's that's sort of the first part of my question. And then second, uh, how far along are you um, in sort of thinking? Uh, how far along is your thinking about the the makeup of, of your squad? Uh, so my understanding was 15 um, that you you can take, and then there's also I think it was seven or eight reserves um, that weren't a part of the squad, and that that could only become part of the squad if there's an injury. Um, to one of those 15. So it, it is as per usual. Um, with regards to the makeup of our squad at the moment, uh, yeah, guys are starting to put hands up. Um, and, you know, it's nice headaches to, to have. Um, I think we've, we've probably got in our minds probably about 22 players that we're looking at at the moment. Um, you know, not to say that that's the door shut completely for, for anyone. Um, now, as we've seen this this series, things very things can happen very quickly in in, in one or two games of cricket. Uh, guys put up their hands and and uh, sort of shake the tree, which is which is a good thing. It's good to have a good competition for a World Cup squad. There's still a long way to go, and I think we we're going into into countries where um, it's probably going to be more realistic with what the conditions we're going to be getting in in India as well. So that stands us in good stead to to judge players on on how they play in those conditions. Um, and, and see how they respond to putting up their hands for, for World Cup um, selection. How's it? How's it, Mark? Um, uh, I'm, I'm interested to know how you bring a side back from what happened last night. You know, you could say, well, it was just a hell of a world-class innings, um, but of course you've got to go and face the same oak at the same ground in the same conditions two days later. How do you, how do you manage that and uh, just so that they can move forward from that? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, just... Having a look at, I mean, we went from an absolute high, uh, what, three days ago to last night. So I think the realization that it's T20 cricket and, and when things go bad, it can go really bad and look really bad. And, and it was, I mean, I'm not making excuses last night. You know, I, I don't even know if we if would have got 230 if we would have won that game. We just we looked completely rattled um, when we had ball in hand, when we were put under pressure. Um, but as quickly as that can happen, it can change around again. And I think that's the sort of attitude that um, we've been trying to drill into the guys' heads that, you know, yesterday was a bad day, but uh, two days ago was a very good day. So 
if we arrive with the with with the the right attitude and control what we can control which is which is attitude the, the intensity the energy that we bring um yes it's execution on the night uh, which is obviously very important or on the day that's very important um things can turn around um very quickly so you know it's, it is a a young group of guys as well um so you know talk about opportunities all the time there are opportunities out there um and as long as the energy is right then they're giving themselves the best chance to to go out and win a game of cricket so although very disappointing last night um you know we've been in meetings the whole day today with individuals and there seems to be um sort of sense of like you know we weren't up to scratch last night and and we we really want to try put it right so that's good signs uh, for me and all I can ask for as a coach thank you mark um after telford is fit is um can you so followed by morgan um um <clears throat> good afternoon mark um you the, the this very liberal point that you raised is very interesting and it, it which is what is led to my question are you able to just break down the metrics of why vian is batting at three ahead of kyle when um, when kyle is through the season as his batting better are you just able to take us through those metrics please um well as i said this is a, a selection that was made when is it just right directly after the the t20 competition um yeah. so the computers are brought out the stats were brought out the the way that we want to go forward with our brand of cricket that we want to play a nice and positive and aggressive cricket and a decision was made collectively um with with all the guys that they felt that that Vian was a guy that that we wanted to give an opportunity to uh, to bat in the, in the top order um you know Carl as i said you know he's he's done well um and uh, he's he's growing he's growing as an individual as well we've we've sort of looked at a couple of parts of his game that we feel he can really add to and and become a, a, a world class performer in all three formats um and that's something that we are working towards um but the decision was made collectively um amongst our selection group that that is the guy that um you know was back up to to that number 3 spot and that is the reason why uh when there was an injury he he stepped in and yeah that that is the the decision that is made collectively Morgan I'm Mark um Mark with Duan Willifield having signed with Kauteng for next season is he the kind of guy that you'd like to get back into the process set up um he was in phenomenal form when he decided to take up the Kolpak contract and you know um it's such a waste of talent to only play 10 test matches Yeah look I think there's a lot of thing that a lot of things that that needs to happen um in order for him to be even considered I think he's got to show um first of all form uh playing at franchise level we can't judge him from what he's done in the past or judge him for what he's done overseas he's got to come back into our system uh, he's got to perform properly at this level um you know the dynamics of of him coming into the culture as well if he's if he's going to show good attitude show good energy um the players are happy to include him in 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 their squads again uh, there's a whole lot of different dynamics that that we got to look at um as a as a management team um but but certainly yeah i mean the first things first get back into our system start performing um and start uh, you know sticking those boxes before anything else happens last two questions the steward followed by tinas um hi mark uh, just on 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 south africa's fielding i asked uh, heinrich about this last night as well um seems to have been a, a, a real drop in standard there and there was something you made mention of after the second test in pakistan as well um what what's been done to address it and, and what has been sort of highlighted as the the the, the problems uh, in that particular department yeah 
we are we are pushing a guy so hard um, when we have training sessions. Uh, and what's frustrating is is that the guys are, are pulling off some unbelievable catches. The intensity is brilliant. Um, and uh, yeah, last night, I mean, the, the, just the tone um, from the start. I mean, I think it was a second over where we just gave away runs. Uh, it, it wasn't good. Um, there's no there's no excuses. It's just you know you, you, we got to have better energy when we get into the field. We've shown in in pockets what what we can do as a fielding side. I think in that first T20 game, the, the energy was brilliant. Um, how do we how do we replicate that? Um, you know, we need we need guys to stand up, and and these are the sort of questions that we are asking players that you know like. Why is the intensity not always where it should be um, and the energy not where it should be? Um, because it's there when we're busy training. Um, it's almost like we get onto the, the field and, and we take a step back and, and that's what we are trying to address at the moment. And those are the conversations we're having. I think fielding as well can be a confidence thing. So, you know, if we, we start taking one or two uh, good catches, um, you know, the, 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 the work's been put in behind doors. Um, then hopefully we can turn it around very quickly because we need to. Um, we're not fielding at at the standards that South African cricket is, is used to at the moment. Um, and it is definitely something that we are addressing and and something that we need to change. I think fielding as well is is largely about attitude. So if the attitudes are, are good, um, I think uh, the fielding will get complemented by that as well. Finally, Tienas. Mark, I was just wondering if you've had uh, another discussion with A.B. de Villiers yet and is the door still open for him to possibly um, make a return and push for a World Cup squad, uh, a place in the World Cup squad? Um, I haven't had a conversation with him of late. Um, I did chat to him before he went over to um, the, the IPL. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the conversation is still very much open. Um, being A.B. being the person that he is, he wanted to um you know perform very well at the IPL to to prove to himself and everyone else that you know he's still very much a, a key figure in, in world cricket um and, and can dominate at that level um and then I said to him you know you go do your thing whatever and then uh, I'll give you a shot towards the back end of the IPL and, and see where you are so that's where we are at the moment with him thank you very much everybody for joining us
Now I'll be unchanged and loose and lose. 